We have a brand new AEW World Heavyweight Champion. My Twitter feed is blowing up because John Moxley is now Le Champion in all elite wrestling. What's up, folks? Fred Ricciani, TSC, your home for sports news updates, interviews, and everything in between. If you're new here, please consider subscribing. Before we dive into our AEW Revolution recap, just a quick programming note. I just did an interview with Alex Marvez, one of the voices of AEW, and a well-respected NFL journalist at the NFL Combine. That interview is now up. So after you're done checking out this recap, please check out that interview. We talked for about 10 minutes. Really insightful conversation about football and wrestling. Anyway... AEW Revolution continues the ridiculous momentum in terms of match quality that AEW has had in 2020. Now, 2019 started off strong, ended with kind of a whimper because they had the dork order, attack the elite. There were some bad skits, some just angles that weren't followed up on. Very, very sloppy stuff. I was kind of disappointed at the end of the year. And then 2020 hits and they got on the ground running. Now, I still think that AEW in some ways is capping their audience a little bit. They're doing really well in the ratings. They got extended by TNT. They got a big money offer. They're doing well. It's great. It's profitable. However, I do think that their ceiling could be significantly higher. But I'll tell you this. If they keep putting on shows like the one we saw tonight, I think the future is very damn bright. So, Let's kick it off with the main event, as I mentioned at the top of the show. John Moxley versus Chris Jericho. I thought these guys would have a really hard time following some of the great matches we saw tonight, but they had their own style of match. John Moxley got put through a table. Jericho had his antics. Of course, the inner circle was at ringside. John Moxley was able to fight him off. Aubrey Edwards got in the mix as well. And finally, at the end, John Moxley had the eye patch on the whole time during the match. He had some blood on him as well. Took off the eye patch. Show that, you know what? I was playing possum, bro. Hit the paradigm shift, the Dirty Deeds DDT, double arm DDT. One, two, three. And much to my surprise, and I think the surprise of many people, John Moxley is your new AEW World Heavyweight Champion. And it was just awesome. Finally, we get a badass babyface who's been relatively protected winning the world title. And it making sense. Not some fluky win. Not some money in the bank cash in. Not 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 some controversy where his foot's underneath the rope. Not some guy who won a, one or two matches uh, consecutively and gets a, an immediate title shot. No, this is a guy who has been consistently protected since he debuted in May at all uh, all or nothing, double or nothing last year in Vegas. And man, I am just thoroughly impressed by the overall presentation, the overall show from top to bottom. So. John Moxley, your new world champion, he cut a promo afterwards saying that he loves this ish. He, he thanked the fans. He said the fans are the ones that make AEW. Just pure badass babyface. He went a little long. He said, he said it, it sounds like beer night tonight. And, and then they, they played his music before he, he cut a promo. And then he's like, okay, let's get a whiskey. And yeah, you, you, Glad you're ready to watch this match. Glad you're ready to watch this moment. Awesome, awesome stuff. Now, as far as the rest of the show, I did not watch the, the pre-show at all, so uh, pardon me if I, I don't recap that. Jake Hager versus Dustin The Natural Rhodes. We had the national anthem being sung by a really good singer with nice pyro, and we had Jake Hager versus Dustin Rhodes. 
I actually like this match. I feel like I'm one of the few people that really like this match. I thought it did go just a, a tad bit too long. But overall, hard-hitting stuff. Cody Rhodes. Dustin Rhodes. Jake Hager were going at it. There was a weird spot during the match where, well, actually, before the match, Hager kissed his wife uh, profusely, which is kind of funny. And then in the middle of the match, Dustin Rhodes takes his face. He doesn't kiss Mrs. Hager, but he rubs his face against her and gets her face paint on there. Now, that's obviously kind of a polarizing angle in these times, but, you know, it was agreed upon ahead of time. It is pro wrestling. I could have done with that. I mean, whatever. It was was silly. Uh, I, I think the funny thing was, she didn't get involved at all, at all in the match. So the fact that a baby face would be doing that and kicking uh, Jake Hager low is, is kind of a weird dynamic. But at the end, it was Jake Hager who got the win via stand arm, standing arm triangle. Best Hager match in years. I don't, I don't know if that, that's saying much, but definitely the best Hager match in years. Dustin Rhodes continues to freaking amaze me. This dude is, is what, pushing 50 pounds? I don't even know how old he is. He's... He's got to be up there in age, and he is still doing his thing. I think if you're a young wrestler and you have the opportunity to work with Dustin Rhodes, if you have the opportunity to be under his tutelage, to train with him, do it. This guy is a stud three decades into the business. It's absolutely incredible. But, of course, Jake Hager is the younger guy. Jake Hager is part of Inner Circle. they got to protect him. This was actually his first official AEW match, which is Crazy to think about considering he debuted in October, but I thought both guys did a really good job tonight. It went a little long. I know some fans didn't like it, but this Chicago crowd at the C2E2 convention was insanely hot. This is the hottest wrestling crowd I've heard in ages, maybe since the last AEW pay-per-view, actually. But other than that, I mean, I can't think, and I'm not, no shade being thrown here. Because I've, I've been critical of WWE, I've been critical of AEW and other promotions. You know, I call it like I see it. You know, I, I can't recall a WWE show being this hot. Not in a long time. You know what? I'll, I'll take it back. A- NXT takeovers are usually pretty damn hot. But beyond that, a non-takeover event? I mean, I don't know. This is the hottest crowd in, in freaking forever. Maybe this since the last time WWE was in Chicago. This was just epic, epic stuff. Let's see. What else did we have here? So, we had our second match, which was Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen. This match was awesome. Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen are just brawling like freaking crazy on the outside. Match didn't even start. Sammy hit a 6.30 splash through a table on Darby Allen. They, they just, these, these guys took some major freaking risks. Uh, there was a spot where Darby Allen went for a suicide dive through the ropes. And I, I guess this was a, this might have been a planned spot. It seemed to, to play into the match, but it was a risky spot. Darby Allen runs through the ropes. Foot gets caught, and he doesn't get all of Sammy who's against the guardrail, and it looks like freaking Darby Allen torpedoes his head right into the guardrail. Scary as freaking hell. Planned or unplanned, this was scary. This was a bit unnecessary. Just crazy stuff. We had, we had a Spanish fly. I mean, insane. And then finally, we got to the point where this match really started, and, and they, were, they were going back and forth. A lot of near falls. Crowd was super hot, reacting to both guys, especially Darby Allen. And Darby Allen hits this coffin drop. They got significant air and distance. Looked great. Splat, snug, right in the middle of the ring on top of Sammy Guevara. One, two, three. Darby Allen gets the win. Darby Allen gets his revenge against the inner circle. Tremendous stuff. Now, I, when I first saw Darby Allen, I thought, man, 
This dude's just taking these crazy bumps. Like, what's up with this? But he truly has something to him. He has that superstar aura. I can't put my finger on it. I think Sammy Guevara kind of has it too. They haven't reached that true potential yet. They're still relatively young guys. They're still new to the national scene. But I kid you not, I believe in a couple of years, maybe even sooner, these guys can be legitimate main event talents. And man, the sky, sky's the limit. Darby Allen and me already a major star, at least for that AEW audience. And I hope they can continue to build that momentum. Not to steal a phrase from Michael Cole that he often uses, but yeah, these guys are studs. Well done, gentlemen. We had whew, maybe the best tag team match I've seen. I can't even tell you. I mean, okay. There were there is one tag team match that really stands out to me that I've seen in recent years that made me go holy doodle squat. And I believe it was Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega against the Young Bucks a couple of years ago when they were doing the Golden Lovers reunion in New Japan Pro Wrestling. That match actually, I believe, took place in the U.S. and it aired on Access TV. That was insane. Well, three out of those four guys were in this match. Hangman Adam Page, Kenny Omega successfully defended the tag team titles against the Young Bucks. Just nuts. Great teamwork by, by, by both teams. There was a, a crazy blockbuster suplex by Hangman. The video package before this was great. All the video packages tonight hit a home run. Uh, Omega... Uh, Kicked out at one at one point, which was crazy. This match went on so damn long, but in a good way. I loved it. I loved it. I, I can understand if some people might say it's, it's overkill, especially because this wasn't the main event. And I was worried too. Like, man, you're going to really burn out this crowd. But to my surprise, the, the crowd stayed hot throughout the night, although the, the following match uh, did have a, a tough going. But just tremendous action. Far too many moves to recap. There was a notable spot where... Omega and Paige hit the V-trigger buckshot lariat combo, and Matt Jackson still kicked out. Uh, there was great selling by, by both teams, especially Matt Jackson, who's always selling his back, uh, brawl on the outside. Hangman hit a one-winged angel. There was a kick out there. And then finally, the, the finish came. This is like after like a half, over a half hour, it felt like. Hangman hit buckshot lariats, springboard buckshot lariats, Onto Nick Jackson, Matt Jackson, one, two, three, got the pin. My recap doesn't do this justice. This was an unfreaking believable match. I cannot think of another match from in a major American promotion that was this good in a long, long time. Again, no shade being thrown. Usos have had great matches. The New Days had great matches. I remember I watched a TLC match live in New York with the Impact Wrestling before they got kicked off of Spike TV. That was pretty great with the American Wolves and the Dudleys, and, and, and I think it was the Hardys were in it as well. And that was a, a hell of a, a forgotten match in you know, American Tag Team Wrestling history. But, man, in recent years, not counting New Japan, one of the best, whatever, one of the best tag team matches you'll ever see, period. I would, I would put it up there. with a, I, th I believe it was, there's a great match from WCW back in the day. I believe it was... Sting and Lex Luger against the Steiners. I could be wrong, but I think that's the match I'm thinking of. That was just like ridiculously great for its time. This match, ridiculously great for its time. Match of the night. Phenomenal stuff. Just watch it. Forget what I said. Just watch it. Unbelievable. Kind of surprised that Hangman and Omega are still your tag team champions. When they originally won the tag titles, I was a little annoyed because I thought the Young Bucks should get the belts. And I also thought... Hangman and Omega, that seems a little random. Now, not as random as Buddy Murphy, who's now just Murphy, 
as if he wasn't already generic enough. When Seth Rollins being friends for two weeks now being tag team champions, that's even wackier, especially with AOP in their stable. But this made sense because at least, you know, they're the elite. And look, after a match like this, I definitely want to see a rematch. Now at the end, Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, they embraced and Hangman was teasing some tension. Hangman was looking like he was going to turn on Kenneth Omega, but instead he held off. He put his arm around Omega, and they walked out. But they built that dissension. Now, I'll tell you this. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I do think the, the plan is for Hangman to turn heel. But the reaction that he got, he was the star of this match. All four men were phenomenal, but he was the star of this match. I don't know if you should turn him heel. I, I understand why you would. Uh, I know that there's this gray area that AEW's trying to go in with, oh, we don't have baby faces or heels. It's shades of gray. And I think that works in some situations. Like th this one right here, there's no real baby faces or heels. It was just a great match with, with four guys that really know each other. But I, I do think ultimately, uh, when you're getting into some of these bigger money angles, you do need a clear-cut baby face. You do, need a, you do need a clear cut heel. Most of the time. I could be wrong. But I, I don't know. I, I, I think... You know, you know what? I don't even know if this is a bad problem for AEW. You can just not turn Hangman Adam Page for a long time and just keep putting him over. This is a good problem to have. You have not one, not two, not three, but four major superstars. You have a main event level tag team in the Young Bucks, who both are great workers individually. You have Kenny Omega, who's been phenomenal in this tag team role, is a phenomenal tag team wrestler, as seen with Kota Ibushi, and can at any time be a true main event level single star. And then you have Hangman Adam Page, who is just absolutely stepped up. I remember watching him in All Out against Chris Jericho, and nobody at the time bought him as a true world title challenger, but he's really stepped up his game. Again, I'd like to see more vignettes uh, overall with AEW and things like that, but they've been doing that more often, especially with Hangman Adam Page. So if they can keep this going, if they can keep making him this badass dude that does flips and lariats and drinks beer, I think the sky is the limit for him. He's just an absolute stud. Massive thumbs up if you haven't already figured that out. And then... We had Nala Rose versus Chris Statlander. This was a really tough spot for both women. They, they, they worked really hard here. I don't like the fact that Chris Statlander doesn't have a hometown. I get it. Some people say she's, she's from the alien space land or android galaxy or whatever. I'm, I'm, look, she's a great athlete. I love her look. I love the gear. Uh, I, I like her swagger. I think she can be a, a top star in AEW for sure. I think she'd be a top star in WWE if they pushed her correctly. Uh, but I, I don't see the alien thing. I don't get it. I, I, I get some people like it on the indie level, but I think he kind of got to ditch that. And from what I understand, in real life, she's actually also a stunt woman. And if this badass chick is not just kicking ass in the ring, but in movies, in TV, I think y'all should emphasize that. I find that far more interesting than her being some alien that does... But, hey, it's over with her crowd. What can I say? This match, though, not so much. Uh, really rough spots. There was a really, really sloppy superplex. The, the brain buster, I guess, it was like a makeshift brain buster. I know a lot of people were hating on Bill Goldberg and his sort of jackhammer on Bray Wyatt the other night. But this was a rough superplex brain buster thing from Chris Statlander. I, I thought she killed Nala Rose. Nala was fine. And then Nala Rose hit a, beast, a middle row beast bomb. On Chris Statlander, that just, I mean, it flattened her to an uncomfortable degree. And, ugh, I, I mean, it's a good, it's a good thing, uh, you know, 
both these women are badasses because I, I don't know. It, it, it looked rough. They seemed to be okay. Uh, now Rose retains the title. But yeah, this was r definitely rough in some spots. Definitely some miscommunication. I think they'll get better over time. I'm very high on both women. I think you just got to kind of give them time. And again, they were put in a rough spot. And, you know, I get it too. You're, you're in a position where you want to impress. You got a lot of eyeballs. You, you want to do a couple top rope things. I, I get it. But sometimes it's best to pull back just a little bit, as uh, we will find out in one of the other matches going on. So we then had MJF versus Cody Rhodes. A very slow-paced, methodical match. Not in a bad way. You know, I thought psychologically it was relatively strong, but there were a couple things that were very, very distracting. Just, just, just a, a couple things that, that were very distracting. Cody Rhodes has this new neck tattoo. Now, apparently, this neck tattoo is real. It's completely real. And... It's his American Nightmare logo tattooed on his neck. Not like in the back of the neck. Not like here. Like, like just really like close to his face kind of. To an uncomfortable degree. And I'm sorry. I got love for Cody, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. The tattoo placement could have been a little bit better. I'll, I'll just say that much. A, a little polarizing to say the very least. Uh, it, when I found out it was real, I, I was stunned. And. When I found out that his wife allowed him to get it, I was kind of stunned, but hey, I, I guess you got to make some compromises in marriage. Meanwhile, MJF had the most ridiculous spray tan you will ever see. It looked good. It just, it would have been nice if he un unveiled that spray tan like five weeks ago so we could get used to it rather than for the pay-per-view. So MJF here, his job was to get his ass kicked from pillar to post. Cody busted him wide open. MJF at one point took off Cody's boot and bit his toe. Ugh. That's kind of gross. And finally, at the end, Cody Rhodes hit not one, but two crossroads. Got greedy. Was going to go for a third one. MJF reached out in his trunks. Pulled out the dynamite diamond ring, which he won in a battle royal a few months back. Some of you may remember. Hit Cody Rhodes with it. Knocked him out. Got the pin. MJF gets the biggest win of his career. While Cody Rhodes uh, goes 0 for 2 his last two big pay-per-view matches for uh, AEW. So this feud indeed will continue. And by the way, I just want to note, I know JR's received a lot of criticism. Uh, some fair, some unfair here and there. But the reality is I thought he did a fantastic job on the show. Uh, I thought all, all the guys did, did a great job on commentary. Especially with the, with the Darby Allen match where Darby Allen, whether again, was a planned botch dive or not they were talking about how you know darby on let the emotions get the best of him and when you let your emotions get the best of you especially in high-risk maneuvers bad things can happen and i loved it they were talking from a pure sports standpoint it was great finally some commentary that brings some logic into this business i dig it i dig it then we had wow orange cassidy versus pack and i'm not gonna lie I haven't always been an Orange Cassidy guy. I respect the hustle. I respect the fact that this dude can take minimal bumps, get paid six figures, and can get over in front of a crowd. This is some, like, Kevin Nash TNA-level finesse. This is Andrew Bynum with the Philadelphia 76ers never playing but getting paid-level finesse. This is Andre Iguodala with the Memphis Grizzlies getting paid before being traded to Miami-level finesse. I love it. But finally, the time came to put up or shut up 
Orange Cassidy's AEW singles match debut. And I got to give credit where credit's due. This dude hit a home run. Now, I think the guy who's one of the best workers in the world wrestling alongside him had something to do with it and Pack. But this is just a great match. Orange Cassidy kept rolling away from, from Pack. Did the little light kicks that which the crowd reacted to. I mean, the crowd reacted to everything. They absolutely love him. They 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 said that Pack had no pulp. My only real complaint here, and this is just for the general audience that watches Dynamite and not just the pay-per-views and, and AEW Dark, just give me some Orange Cassidy vignettes. I think the gimmicks, gimmick's pretty easy to figure out after you watch it a few times, but just give us a few vignettes. You know how back in the day, maybe some kids remember that are watching right now, Y'all remember when they do the, those lie, cheat, and steal vignettes with the Guerreros that they'd air, like during Velocity, during Sunday Night Heat, in between breaks on SmackDown, and they were just, you know, funny little skits to get over the characters of Eddie Guerrero and Chavo Guerrero, and, you know, on the surface, you might say lie, cheat, and steal, isn't that kind of stereotypical and all this stuff, but then you saw on these guys, they're just willing to, the vignettes essentially emphasize these dudes are just willing to win at anything at all costs, so, you know, AKA Houston Astro style. So I would just like to see similar vignettes for Orange Cassidy. Just show him in real life. Show him at a nightclub. Uh, you know, show him, I don't know, show him in New York City just, just kicking it. They're going to Newark in a, in a few weeks. Just something. Just put Orange Cassidy in a variety of situations where he just doesn't care in some vignettes. Maybe give some context too. Do like some fake uh, you know, UFC style documentary talking about the legend of Orange Cassidy. Just, just something to educate fans that may not be that familiar with him, and that just don't get him. Another thing, I keep hearing fans that are like, oh, if you, if you don't like Orange Cassidy, you're an idiot, or you're dumb, or you don't know wrestling. No, you're dumb for telling people what to like and what not to like, okay? I thought Orange Cassidy did great tonight. I think Orange Cassidy is great when he is utilized in the right situations. This was a fun, nice little match with, with Pac, and it was awesome, and I almost thought they burned the crowd out here too because it was such a great match, but I don't need to see him... All the time, you know, say like with, with John Moxley and some main event guys and, you know, getting in the mix all the time. I think he's good as a, as a mid-card comedy guy. Occasionally going up against top guys like Pac, I think that's fine. And you know what? Eventually, if you want to evolve him into somewhat of a serious character, go for it. Because he showed great fire here. He even smiled in Pac's face when Pac had that angry face. And what can I say? I mean, th th this dude had it tonight. Did, did, some, did some great dives. Uh, with the pockets, nipped up, the, the facial expressions were fantastic, but eventually, Pac got the win with the Brutalizer submission. Home run, star-making match for Orange Cassidy, and once again, Pac proves why he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. There you go. Right guy won. And then, we had, of course, our main event, which had John Moxley beating Chris Jericho to win the AW World title. A year ago, he was being released by WWE, getting buried, losing, I think he lost to EC3 around this time last year. Now, he is the face of a hot wrestling company that's taking some market share from WWE. That's one of the hottest properties in Turner. And he is their world heavyweight champion. So overall, despite Cody Rhodes' neck tattoo, despite uh, Nala Rose and, and Chris Statlander almost killing themselves off the top rope, despite... MJF's horrific tan, despite the fact that Downstate, God bless him, played a not-so-great version of Cody Rhodes' theme song live, I gotta give AEW Revolution a massive 
thumbs up. I should also mention, too, when Chris Jericho came out, they had the Chicago Choir singing Judas, which is amazing. And if there's one thing you should watch from this match besides the finish and, you know, just watch the match in general, the entrance that Chris Jericho had. What a way to go out. What a legendary first AEW title run for Chris Jericho, the inaugural champion. He did a phenomenal job holding the mantle, holding the AEW flag. He made a truly positive impact. And, hey, let's, let's keep it real here. It's probably not his last time as world champion, but what a way to go out in your first title run. Just a couple other notes before we go. AEW revealed that March 25th, their Newark, New Jersey episode, Rut in My Neck of the Woods, it's going to be called Blood and Guts, which is a playoff of Vince McMahon's line during a WWE shareholders call months back where he called AEW content that has, quote, blood and guts. And the, it's headlined by a match called The Match Beyond, a.k.a. War Games. So I'm looking forward to attending that show in about a month. Actually, it's technically March 1st now. It's past midnight. So I'm looking forward to, to attending this show later this month. But anyway, folks, I want to hear from you. What did you think about AEW Revolution? What do you think about the future of AEW? Let me know. Leave a comment below. Shout out to all the people that are watching me live right now. Scott Anderson, shout out to you, my dude. Meep God. Christopher Rose. Steven the Dude. Let's, let's actually read some fan feedback before we go. Meep God is so happy that John Moxley's champion. Chris Rose says the best tag team match is DIY versus Revival. Best two out of three falls. I agree. And actually, I'm sorry. I should note the the tag the AEW tag title match was the best match from an American promotion in years. That's not NXT. I, I keep overlooking NXT and I feel bad because I consider NXT a major brand. But you know, I, I still it still feels like the third brand because I mean it technically is. But you know what I mean. It, I, I, when I when I say like best match in a long time or best match whatever like i'm excluding nxt from this conversation if you if you include nxt yeah nxt's had some great entering stuff too i don't mean to exclude them and the work that diy and the revival and the war raiders and ricochet and alistair black did last year at all not not not, not doing that just main roster wise wwe it's been a while since there's been, there's been a great tag team match like that nxt though yeah they definitely get those points although it is kind of crazy that drew mcintyre said he's never won a world title when he did win the NXT title. So I, I guess in today's WWE Universe, the NXT title is even lower than the ECW title, which is, that's saying something, I guess. Well, the old ECW title, not the ugly silver one that Jack Swagger had back in the day. Chris Rose says Orange Cassidy is the greatest wrestler of the 21st century. I don't know about that, but he says great show, 9 out of 10. Steven the Dude, the horrific tan adds to his heel character. Yeah, it looks funny, which is why it worked for me. Hey, you're right. And at the end of the day, he got his ass kicked pillar to post. So it ended up working out. But again, folks, I want to hear from you. What did you think about AW Revolution? Let me know. Leave a comment below. If you enjoyed this video or podcast, like, share, subscribe. Don't forget to enable notifications for more updates like this. If you're a football fan, I just got back from the NFL scouting combine. Went from a small YouTube channel to covering the NFL. I couldn't have done it without all of you. So if you're an NFL fan, if you're a wrestling fan, you're in for a treat. We got a ton of original videos coming up, especially from the Combine. Again, I just did an interview with AEW's Alex Marvez that came out great. I hope you'll like it. Please check it out. Until then, folks, as always, take care, like, and share, and enjoy the matches.